Assalamualaikum, hi, and welcome to a brand new episode of Five Things. I'm your host Shaha. For the next two weeks, there's going to be a very special two-part episode with my friend Abo. We're going to discuss all things Taylor Swift, starting with her very recent album Folklore, which I talked a little bit about in the last episode, and then we're going to do a deep dive—not very deep, but a little bit deep. dive into some of the moments of her career and also we're going to play a really fun game which is going to be in the next episode in this episode we're going to discuss all things folklore what we think of the album and our favorite songs in it and then we're going to go a little bit into her reputation and what happened pre-reputation the taylor swift's over party and more so to discuss all things taylor swift of course i had to call Abo who is an avid Taylor Swift fan he's also a big movie and music buff and we've been friends for quite a while but every time we meet we end up just discussing Taylor Swift for the longest time and also he is the closest connection i have to Taylor because he's once seen her in concert which i still cannot believe but yeah let's just dive in How have you been? It's been a really long time that we haven't actually met up. <laughs> yeah, I think the last time we met was um when Lava came after. out. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh, so, it's been almost a year now. Yeah, I think I think it would have been like sometime like September of last year, but I can't recall the exact date, but I remember like we Yeah, we hung out for like three hours and maybe like at least two hours out of it was just discussing lava. So. <laughs> yeah, I remember there was a lot of political discourse about um, Miss Americana. So, um, like unsuspectingly, um, wield um, like like metaphor. The whole song is about the Trump presidency and and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> I was talking about. And we're like at risk, which is like the tiniest place. We probably talk the ear off of whoever. <laughs> and can you imagine, like less than a year um, after that, we have a whole new album? Oh my god! Yeah, I know it's crazy. It's What was so your reaction when you when you when you first heard that she was just dropping an album out of nowhere? So usually because I'm I'm like I'm I'm on Twitter so much like even if I'm you know like working or something I would I would just like generally just have Twitter open so I would see stuff happen like in in real time like um quite often and I don't think I've ever missed like an like a crucial announcement like this before but I completely missed <laughs> this one because I oh. I think Yeah, I think I think the day that it was announced, I had a I had a deadline, um, and I was like working from home, so I was just like really just, you know, like my head burrowed into um just getting getting that done, and I think like about forty or so minutes after the whole announcement oh. uh, passed, um, uh, one of my friends was like, um, have you have you checked Twitter? And and I was like, no, why? And then he's like, is is Taylor releasing a new album? And then I check and I um and I had like um the the whole like Twitter like news for you thing being like Taylor Swift announces pop or something I was like what the heck um and I yeah and I just like remember kind of being just like I mean obviously shocked but also like not really just I, I there wasn't a dramatic like physical reaction out of me um immediately 
just like I, I think I just had like, a minute to like process the fact that she announced it, and then I think uh, um, an hour or so later, it like really started like sinking in that oh my yeah. god, like I like within the next twenty four hours, I'll have fifteen new songs to digest. Like it was crazy. <laughs> How did you oh find out? Oh my god, I. I I think I saw um I was on Instagram when she first posted the first picture she did a whole like I think six picture grid thing yeah. right when she posted mm-hmm. the first picture I was like what the heck is happening because <laughs> I can sense like the change in theme and I just freaked out and I went to Twitter and I think I screamed and then I went to my sister's room and I screamed again <laughs> and they were like what is going on <laughs> I can imagine them being like so confused. <laughs> If I'd seen it happen in real time, I might also have like had a yeah had a more um, like a bigger reaction to it. But yeah, I just uh, yeah. Took a, I digested, I guess. <laughs> And she didn't even give us enough time. It was literally in twenty four hours. I I honestly I never thought she would she would do anything like it. Um, because yeah, most, like, even even when you know like. It, like after like Beyonce did her first like sort of surprise drop and other artists like Drake and people sort of started like doing that. Um, Taylor was kind of she 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 almost like quite um stubbornly just stuck to the the like established formula of you know doing the the uh, the lead single and all of the promo yeah and, like, singles and everything and she was very much um. Yeah, I think I think she was she was one of the like very few like remaining popular music artists who was just, like really adamant on sticking to the old formula and um so yeah. I, and I and I thought that you know she would continue doing that um so it was just 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 very very shocking. <laughs> it was because she's uh she's very meticulous about the way that she wants to. Um, roll out an album, right? Because we have all of these um, like clues and Easter eggs and stuff, and then suddenly she's just like album out tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. she just tore off the rule book and like threw it away. And not even like a lead single thing that that I kept thinking about because I mean, obviously the way that she ended up doing it ended up working really well. But I but I kept thinking, oh, like it kind of would have been like a good um like opportunity to um. To use like August as a lead single and maybe push the album release back a week and just like you know put out August at the start of August and then be like surprise here's a new song new album coming in twenty four hours or something right um but yeah. yeah just not even doing a lead single like the way that they would um that that she had done for previous albums was just just really surprising it's it's completely crazy what do you think of the album so far. Like honestly, I mean, I know it's only been a month, but it's my favorite album she's ever put out. I oh think. my god, same! I did not <laughs> think that it would happen because yeah. I'm always like red. Red is my go-to album, and I think Reputation's yeah. like a close second. They're, they're always interchanging, but then suddenly okay. Folklore just came and like <laughs> peak at the top. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like um I'm, I'm I'm just I'm not I'm not even going to exist like for a, like a long period in your life for you to make this decision. I'm just going to be the best album that <laughs> that you, you that that it's just like I think for so many people it happens. I I I think Red and Reputation for me is like I think uh, like objective objectively speaking from a 
sort of like a more, I guess, critical standpoint um, that it, it's quite widely agreed that, that Red is the best album she had made. And, and I largely agree with that. And also, I think, um, I think quite a lot of stuff that happened, uh, like, in my, um, you know, like, time of being a fan of has, uh, like, I, I think a lot of things are solidified for me in just, like, being like, oh, this is an artist that I'm probably going to follow for the rest of my life. Um, like, it, yeah. that happened during Red, so that, that, that has, like, just stuck with me in terms of being, like, a top favorite album, but, but then I think, like, there's, there's lots of personal connections that I think a lot of fans um, have with reputation. I can't really explain it. But I think um, just the, the it, it, it came at a time that I think you know it was the peak of the like her being misunderstood by the public and her choosing to put that album out and the experience being like solely curated for fans like she didn't give any interviews yeah. all of the interactions that she had with fans and and the tour yeah. being ended up being what it was and so I think a lot of um, there's, there's a lot of fan love for reputation and I'm definitely like in the same boat as you when I say that I also, yeah. I also think <laughs> those two albums being a favorite, but like, yeah, now a month into folklore, I'm, I'm pretty, <laughs> just, I'm, I'm confident that it's my favorite album. <laughs> what do you think about her just moving um, the genre from what Lover was? Lover was also a little bit more indie, right? At the end, especially. And then I think yeah. it just transitioned really well into this album. Yeah, but but to be honest, um, I I wouldn't have guessed that she would she would do, like just honestly, I I read um like an article on like some like some critics review or something where they called it like the most um like effortless palate cleanser that uh, any like mainstream artist has done in modern history and that's yeah. exactly kind of like how I feel about the the genre yeah. shift because because I mean uh, like Lava in a way um, I, I, I thought it was almost um, like a like a spiritual sequel to like what Red was in terms of the sonic experimentation because he, mm. he put on so many musical outfits on Red and like really short yeah. um, sort of her versatility in terms of how many um, you know like types and genres of music that she can she can fit into and then uh, mm-hmm. like at the end of Red I think I, I think at the end of Red it was it was kind of more obvious that she was going to go like full on pop because the singles yeah. and stuff she pushed out with Red was was largely um, uh, you know like the next Martin next Martin produced like pop singles. Um, so yeah. it was it was kind of I think more expected. Whereas like with Lava, like you know, it's stuff like it's nice to have a friend and and daylight mm-hmm. and so, sort of like some oh. like a more mellow um, like sound mm-hmm. that 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 would have hinted towards a shift that um, that folklore showed definitely existed. But she didn't push that sound out in terms mm-hmm. of what Lava represented at all. Like the stuff that she pushed out were just you know like like super bubble <laughs> me and then <laughs> you need to calm down and stuff. But I guess yeah, in a way, in a way, if I had like really um just uh, I think lover the song would have been the closest um like hint in terms of you know like a direction. But I I I yeah. did I, I honestly did not think that 
she would she would pursue it that way. Um, but I'm always so impressed with her, like with like everything that she does. But oh, but this yes. Is, I, I think for the longest time, like especially since Red, I think because um, songs like, you know, State of Grace and Treacherous and and like just things like that. Holy kind of, Ground. Just, yeah, Holy Ground and stuff being just really like songs that I hold dearly close to my heart. I've I've kind of as as a fan long believed that an album like this existed within her, um, but I just never would have mm-hmm. thought that she would make it and. <laughs> and put out like in 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 this way in the middle of a global pandemic just like casually here's like <laughs> three months of work and it's the best work of my 14 year career but it's 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 endlessly, oh my God. yeah it's endlessly impressive i'm 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 genuinely it is so tough i mean i think it was the, 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 the day that the album came out was definitely i mean quite a lot of album releases is um as, as a fan have been really rewarding but i think personally yeah just, just you know like hoping that someday she would make an album like this and and the fact that she did it and put it out like that and the day that i first listened to it was like yeah definitely one of the most rewarding days day, um that i've had and <laughs> But yeah, what 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 did you think of the shift in the sound? I I really really did not expect that I would like it as much, considering that now I I mean when she first started out, I really liked her sound of the country at the at, especially I think during the fearless era. But yeah. then uh, I was so used to her pop music that I actually did not expect that I would like it as much. Mm. But I was genuinely surprised to find that I just loved pretty much every song. Yeah. Um, I just have one skip sometimes, but I think now I just don't have a skip. I just watch. Like, I think skip? it's also I'm that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's actually Epiphany. Uh, oh, my God. I mean... Epiphany is very sad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Epiphany is the soon you'll get better of uh, this yeah. album because that's a skip for me too because I can't listen to it. It's just too too overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I get that. But and, and also I think like in terms of the the music that that song is set to, it's it's kind of it's kind oh, of just so like silly. It's, yeah, it just like goes on in like a yeah. like all like almost the entire like song is in 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 one tempo um and it doesn't really like change that much in like musically until i guess it gets to the outro when like the strings does a bit more but 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 in, in te- like i think um i i i mean i i probably like have you know like pressed next when when epiphany came on a few times as well um not because like obviously <laughs> I, don't, I don't hate that song but like also i think there's um the the lyrics of the song the way that she kind of um i don't know the sentences are like broken down in a way yeah um, so it kind of um, like I, I get what you mean yeah <laughs> yeah the, the fact that she actually put the entire album um on the same day release without all the singles meant that we were supposed to listen to it like in one go right without mm-hmm. getting like a teaser of what's to yeah. come and that's very evident because of just the way the storytelling goes yeah and even like sonically how each song the way she arranged it when you're listening to it it feels like it's very cohesive but you can individually pick out songs and each song has a different vibe to it what what do you think about the the love triangle thing going on where 
what 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 was the song betty and <clears throat> august and cardigan august yeah. and cardigan yeah yeah <laughs> i think i i think it was that's again kind of like her just being an absolute genius in terms of the way she markets stuff i, just, <laughs> I mean this is you know an album that she like to this day hasn't said a word about in 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 the media except like yeah. kind of like um intros that she's given to a few radio stations but um she probably was very well aware that if she did not say something like at this drop some type of a hint about this love triangle existing within the album then uh people would have um you know like Betty the song especially even with her having said that the love triangle existed Betty still like you know like oh yeah kinds of like interpretations of of the song and everything and and I mean that's all like good and well but I think um that was her way of kind of being like you know like you guys can go ahead and interpret it how I like but this is how i wrote it it was very genius and it immediately got people talking <laughs> because people were like the way that people would eat the egg hunt um you know like in with other albums um this time it was it was hidden within the lyrics and it was just like such a yeah such a fun way to immediately get the fan base to engage from a sort of like songwriting um perspective alone the the lyrical parallels and stuff that she was able to put into three oh. songs that sound completely unlike each other yeah like, the, uh, yeah yeah cardigan being this sort of uh you know just like a very um like indie sounding piano driven song and then um august being this like early 2000s like guitar driven dream <laughs> type of song and then just very being just like the the complete opposite of all of that and just you know throwing in a like harmonica in there and be like bob dylan yeehaw kind of song and but the all of those you know three things being tied together like by the lyrical carols and stuff the, the fact that she was able to do that the fact that she was able to have that level of foresight when she was writing the album is just is is incredible to me we've always you know long been saying that she's the songwriter of our generation um i think she especially used this opportunity to more show her songwriting skills right because lyrically this this probably the best album lyrically as well yeah, yeah. I, i don't know every song just is so deep and meaningful the way you even links to her older song so this is uh, <laughs> quite a funny um thing that i have. so i have um a, a playlist on my spotify um called um sex with the <laughs> which is i okay. put, i i put i put songs of taylor on there that i tend to forget because i haven't listened to it in a while <laughs> so oh, i just like okay. uh, yeah so, so if if i if i just like you know like randomly think of a song and and i i can't for the life of me like conjure up it in my head like or oh, like how it goes but i know the title and i know which album it's from i like put it in that playlist and i was listening to that playlist um today and there was a song from debut i've already forgotten but there was a song from debut that has like similar kind of callback um in folklore the way that she um has like you know like I never live well enough alone in me and um in in the one. Oh yeah. And then the yeah, oh. sort of like the lucky on parallel with the last year American oh, diary yeah. and yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Interesting the way that 
they've they've done that. <laughs> what is your favorite song? I know it's very hard to choose favorites, but like, what mm-hmm. what song would you say that you love the most? See, I I've been thinking about this a lot, and um, the one that I've been kind of like gravitating towards the most in the past, kind of like couple of days, has been "This Is Me Trying," um, because I. Oh. I yeah i think i was i was so focused on uh, you know like interpreting that song as 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 part of this like the the like the storytelling like the third person narrative that she said that she is employed um on this album that i never really thought of, like of the song in how it might apply to her actual life until a couple of days ago when i was listening to it and i realized um quite a lot of the stuff in the verses especially um like yeah. it's it's it so telling of uh, the 2016 like yeah so just just you know like stuff like i didn't i didn't know that you, you'd care if i came back and i have a lot of regrets about yeah. that and stuff about just being ahead of the curve the curve becoming a, and falling behind classmates and all that stuff is just like really telling because she was like at the height of her popularity when 2016 happened mm. just having that realization has made me go back to the song quite a lot so um yeah today currently that's the song that i'm most um enamored with <laughs> what about you I think even since the beginning the one song that I always always um just go back to is Invisible Strings which is so yeah. weird considering that it's it's technically a love song I and mean, maybe that's because yeah. I can just relate to it a lot yeah. but it's just so beautiful <laughs> I just really really like yeah the idea of the invisible string and um the way that again she's linking it to her life and um mm-hmm. how she just randomly managed to put centennial park as like a singable thing in the lyric it's kind of funny it's yeah i think i think the song is uh, just you know like in like on on top of being like extremely like cute and just like lyrically genius and everything it's also like quite underratedly funny like you <laughs> some of yeah. like really dry humor really comes through like lines, lines about um the you know sending her ex baby's present um the line about um how the first song he had um, in in the cab was bad blood um and and her kind of like you know like showing that in there is a is a kind of like you know fate meant to be thing is if bad blood wasn't on in every radio in every mall every club every, like like basically all over the world yeah like it was. yeah i mean I mean, she could, you know, like if she were to use bad blood as a, as like a, yeah, a meant to be fat kind of thing, then she could probably mm. like draw that line to like half a million people around the world. And going back to what you said about, um, yes, like tying it to her older songs, I also love when she throws in the dive bar. um like in that song oh. back to delicate yeah i love the lake so much oh my god you know her putting that as as a as a bonus track is it's kind of like pulling a like you are in love like new romantic type of oh. um, mm. move because like those, <laughs> those songs are so good that it could have 
fit so well on the um on the you know main edition but she's like mm-hmm. i know it's a good song but you're going to have to get the deluxe version <laughs> to hear it all of the songs on the standard edition being you know like lyrically really good and everything but mm-hmm. on like even even when you know like all those like layers exist like even for i think um like a casual listener or like shall i say um you know like somebody who is not super well versed in not a f- oh. really poetic language like it's very accessible um the like um, most mm-hmm. of the standard edition songs but uh, like i mean it's no joke that you like kind of <laughs> have to pull out a dictionary to like decipher what you really does yeah <laughs> i i love the subtle shade that she throws um throughout like clowns of the west is so funny because every time i listen to it i'm just like yeah <laughs> okay i see you taylor i don't think we can talk about her without talking about the time that she went a wall and then came out with reputation which itself was just a big move for her right the way that she just used all the words that they threw at her and then built a castle using that i don't know if you actually like recall uh, like you know like where you were or like you know like your first reaction to sort of like the 2016 like um the chelsea festival party stuff but i actually oh yeah i had so much going on in my life in 2016 as well that i have like at least i wasn't as active on twitter definitely during then i definitely knew it was happening um and i saw it and then i just in general like i i i engage with like stan twitter but i i try not to like engage with things of like parts of it that actually makes me upset because i'm like you know like yeah. there's that that that's a conscious choice that i can make and i think i'm um, like just just seeing uh the um hashtag trending and knowing kind of like why it was happening i i i mm. like actually chose not to go and listen to kim's like page or like you know like do like actually check what what she was like um what she had like put out on snapchat so like i didn't know yeah. like the context of it like as it happened but then i think like once she disappeared and there was this like there's so many articles it was very hard yeah. to even stay away um like yeah so so many opinion pieces and stuff came out and i think i i like yeah. largely avoided those as well but i think like the thing that kind of like made me go back and try to understand um what had happened was because of the period that followed where she wasn't seen at all like there was no mm-hmm. activity and it was like just because i didn't engage with it as it happened um like i didn't think that silence would stretch on for such a long period of time and i think it was after the yeah. fact we hadn't heard much from her that i kind of like started even um like trying to understand what it was but i think it was so um like necessary for her to do that i i it don't was, think she it was. Have, i don't think yeah, she would have been able to have um yeah the, the post reputation phases of her career that happened if 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 she hadn't like gone into hiding and then yeah. there's a reputation um and and that like yeah. you know it, it kind of always makes me like I, i get really defensive like in my head at least when yeah. people trash on reputation is a kind of you know like a failure album or, or whatever just because it wasn't like as is um like obviously nothing has been as like commercially successful as 1989 but like mm. 
she wasn't even I, I don't think her purpose was to even do something super commercial it was just like a process of catharsis for her yeah. to like make the album and i think it it's such a such an um integral part of her story and the arc of her career it that is. i that makes me appreciate the album you know like even outside of the fact that it's 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 an excellent album what what was your kind of like thinking um around her silence and that the, the ear that when there was just no activity at all Uh, yeah i think um 2016 and uh that was apparent- that was a very difficult year to be a taylor swift fan there was also that time where she was very vocal about um i think feminism but it was more the version of feminism that was from um who's that lady that she Lena Dunham, uh, yeah. <laughs> Lena Dunham, there we go oh yeah 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 but i think she's definitely come up a lot like very far from that um, uh, like her understanding of it is a lot better like um especially after watching i think miss americana um mm. i definitely understand her better like why she was silent or why um she did all of the things that she did right and her thought process behind everything yeah but yeah reputation um when it when it first came out i think a lot of people were definitely not ready to listen to it right but i think um for yes. her it's not necessarily always about the awards even though she yeah. of course is always i think um what broke me the most when watching miss americana was um remember she was waiting for the grammy's call yeah, um and yeah. then and then she was just like i'm going to make a better album and i was just like girl no this is already a really great album but yeah. it's just the way that she she was so upset you can you can hear like the sadness in in her voice i mean that that's kind of the, the award stuff has has like you know that that wouldn't have been the first time that a grammy decision especially like kind of drew her to like do something with her career i mean mm. like not winning for red was the reason that 1989 oh kind of God. came to be um <laughs> as well and, and like i think like i don't know like those things also make sense um in in the light of a lot of the stuff that were revealed in miss americana about like her her moral code kind of you know being mm-hmm. uh, just, just pleasing people and being told yeah. that she's doing good and yeah being a good girl and all of that stuff and i'm and i mean like to a degree i think like everybody has that but i think what really came to yeah. from uh the documentary was that her like pretty much her existence like rested on that affirmation she's been boxed into like a yeah. like a version like this like girl in a white dress like singing yeah. pretty songs kind of thing Yeah exactly it made me empathize even more with her decision to kind of like disappear publicly during that period mm-hmm. of knowing because uh, to me that's like this is a really like um interesting like comparison to yours but you know um the the sort of like the pillars of the brain uh, that 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 inside out has like the like five like core towers or <laughs> like you know happy sad yeah. like stuff um and you know how like um in like at a certain like at, at a point in the movie when stuff like starts to go bad in the kids life like those towers start breaking um and i and i kind of just like after watching miss americana i uh you know like stuff that happened in 2016 to me is kind of like one of taylor's 
the core, like, you know, like pillars of our existence breaking down. And that's like, a, mm. like something, you know, like it's really massive. heavy. Yeah. For, like, yeah. Yeah, um, anybody, but, um, but yeah, like, th- and then that happened. And then, you know, reputation came as a result, but then has still been so um, like, affected by reputation not being recognized was also kind of like showing that all of those things happen but there are still parts of her that are clinging on to being told that you know what she had done was good and like worthy of recognition and all of that yeah and she's had to fight so many battles i mean having to grow up um in front of media there's like so many articles being called so much names and then having her music stolen it's it's a lot and she's barely 30 but yeah. i'm really really glad that she she finally can make her own music and she can own um two albums which is which is crazy do you think she's gonna record re-record in november like honestly i'm at two minds about um the you know, like how I feel about um, her doing that because a lot of um, albums that I loved when I was, you know, like in my in my teens um, and uh, the, you know, stuff that I um, enjoyed like growing up, I think the, the, the nostalgia associated with those like work the way mm-hmm. it does because when you go back to them, yeah. you, you can tell that this is from a different like period, like this was made not in 2020 her production her vocal performances like all of that mm-hmm. present on those um like early albums are very telling of the time that she wrote and recorded them yeah um so th- that part of me is is kind of a bit like apprehensive about um like you know the fact that she's going to record it but like i mean I, would i be mad about hearing like pictures <laughs> than the 2020 Taylor Walkers? No. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I some know. of these songs does, um, uh, especially I think her debut, um, some of the songs does sound very um, childish, obviously because she was very mm-hmm. young when she wrote that, right? So maybe yeah. something like um, A Picture to Burn would probably yeah. not be very like good right now but i think she can still elevate it maybe she will do that but i would definitely yeah, love yeah. to listen to like, like um, so, maybe a love story but in a in a in a different um genre it would be so cool i'm actually super curious um if like she would she would do that with the re-recordings as well just like kind of switch <laughs> the uh the um you know like sonic setting that those songs were originally recorded in that would then be like you know or like this a new versions of the song so obviously i'm going yeah. to like listen to them because they're new versions but then sometimes i might also just feel nostalgic for the older versions. so if she did that would i then have to go back to versions <laughs> of the song owned by you know like her old record label um and yeah it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a it's a very um, catch-22 place to put fans <laughs> in so yeah, is, I, yeah i don't know bottom line is that whatever she decides to do we're going to support it but you know these are kind yeah. of like our personal like conundrum yeah. about it <laughs> at the bms she won best director for the man which which is I crazy i know like what can't she do <laughs> at this point 
<laughs> Surely. Um, did you figure out that it was her when the when the song first came out? I, I was actually just I went through the entire song kind of being like it's her. No, it's not her. Oh, it's her. No, oh. no, no, it's yeah. Like throughout the whole entire <laughs> song, and I think by the end of it, I had like convinced myself oh. that it wasn't her, and then <laughs> it just shows up with the makeup. um like seen and i'm like wow <laughs> yeah for me it was when when the guy first showed up i didn't think of anything until i think she opened her mouth and i saw her teeth and i was like yep that's her teeth and i'm like okay shaha that's a little creepy that you can <laughs> you can <laughs> pinpoint and say this is someone's teeth <laughs> Oh, that's so funny but then oh. i i did not for the longest time figure out it was her in the you belong with me video which is weird because it's so obvious but but then okay like in i i guess with that video that was the first taylor swift music video i ever yeah. saw so oh. like at the time uh this is funny but uh, i think um so <laughs> i started listening to taylor i think uh, yeah in 2010 um and um <laughs> and like i think like at the very start of 2010 the movie valentine's day came out hmm, <laughs> and yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. <laughs> okay, well, um and then so you know like i'm i'm like watching the movie like this is before i knew anything about her but like i'm watching the movie um and you know like this like obviously i knew who taylor lautner was because twilight and he was everywhere <laughs> but um but like i i like i finished the movie and i'm like going through the end credits and then like taylor lautner and taylor swift i think like pops up on the screen like together like their names or something and i immediately just assumed that if like taylor swift was um emma roberts boyfriend in valentine's day rather than taylor lautner's girlfriend <laughs> because like <laughs> oh and God. then and then i was you know like me like this being like i, I mean i think i was good and better at, at um at like doing this now but like at the time especially i would like always like after i watched the movie i would just like google um it and just like yeah. check out like access and stuff and then i think that's how i sort of like ended up googling taylor <laughs> for the first time and i saw that it was just her and i was like <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> her role in it was so funny though like sometimes i watch it like see a uh, little yeah. clips of it and i just laugh because it's so funny that was that was kind of like i think like her sort of first um like this place of like unashamed like i'm i like i don't know how to dance but that's not going to stop me from dancing anyway yeah <laughs> um, yeah and i think like yeah that kind of like culminated in uh just her i can shake it off and being like yeah you know what i'm just, i'm just going to dance i don't care if you say <laughs> i don't but i don't know how to <laughs> so that was quite a lot of taylor talk but there's more that would be coming next week For now, before I finish the episode, I just wanted to let you guys know my five favorite Taylor Swift lyrics. Well, it's very hard to choose five because there's just so many. So I've divided it into just my five favorite from the first three albums, which is Taylor Swift, Fearless and Speak Now. Some of these songs are a little bit underrated. Well, at least for me, I always think that if a song is not a single it's not necessarily 
overrated unless it's all too well in which case everybody knows about it and we all love it some of my favorite lyrics um of hers are actually from her older stuff which is very telling of just how good a lyricist she is because she was very young when she wrote most of these songs she was barely 15 or even younger than that cold as you which is from her debut has this line i've never been anywhere cold as you which just gives me shivers every time i think of it because that's such a sad thing that someone so distant so cold that she is using that as a metaphor to say that i've been to a lot of cold places but i've never been somewhere as cold as you tied together with a smile which is a song that she wrote for her friend that was going through um an eating disorder i believe it has some of the most beautiful self-love lyrics of all time but the bridge of it would say hold on baby you're losing it the water's high you're jumping into it and letting go and no one knows that you cry but you don't tell anyone that you might not be the golden one and you're tied together with a smile but you're coming undone that line especially and that you're tied together with a smile but you're coming undone have we not felt this way some point in our lives i feel like <laughs> tells of lyrics or her songs are of course um part of your coming of age and for me especially i've related to a lot of her songs at different times in my life and sometimes they go back to older songs and i can still relate to them which is telling of just how much of herself that she puts in to these songs and number 3 is jump and fall which is a major favorite from fearless i think it's a sweet love song there is a part in the song that says the bottom's gonna drop out from under your feet i'll catch you i'll catch you when people say things that bring you to your knees i'll catch you the time is gonna come when you're so mad you could cry but i'll hold you through the night until you smile you could say this to a friend you could say this to a parent to a child to a lover it's so versatile in the way that her lyrics um at surface level some of these sounds like a love song but you can definitely apply that to other parts of your life other areas of your life and it'll just do as well speak now has a lot of good lyrics that is the album that was very defining of how she was not afraid to speak out to name names and just speak her heart out this also happened right after the vmas incident with kanye west and the song that she wrote for him as a way to tell him that she's forgiven it's called innocent it has really really deep meaningful lyrics i'm surprised that a teenage taylor swift wrote this song because some of the lyrics in this are just so adult in the way that me right now as an almost 30 year old um is just realizing these things whereas her um a teenager back then wrote this song and she had figured it out she was right when she sang in cardigan that when she was young she knew everything because i'm pretty sure that she did know everything when she was young the lyric that specifically speaks to me the most is when she says 
wasn't it beautiful when you believed in everything and everybody believed in you i think the biggest part of growing up is the realization that people no longer fully believe in you that the moment that you make one mistake you're tainted for life but as a child everyone always believes in you and it's just so beautiful because you also believed in everything back and again lastly on speak now we have long live which she wrote for her team her fans it has some of the coolest lyrics that she has written it's also such a celebratory fun song i think the ending of this song is a moment of triumph for me always it's singing long live all the mountains we moved i had the time of my life fighting dragons with you and long long live that look on your face and bring on all the pretenders one day we will be remembered and suffice to say that yes she is and she will be remembered so that's all for this episode i'm very excited for you guys to listen to the next episode next week where abo and i will again meet you guys and discuss more about taylor swift and play the fun game that i was talking about so thank you so much for listening see you soon bye bye